0: You were uh, you brought up a good point because that previous texter was taking a few strays when he said 2017 Alabama. Remember, that's the 2017 season and the 2018 playoffs. I do it all the time. I do it all the time. So he was right, but just the way we look at it, that 2018, that 14 playoff in 18, that was when that was when Nick Saban went out and was doing all the politicking. That's whenever Nick Saban went out and was like, all right, I'm just here to tell you right now, we're the best team there What's the is. I'm the best that ever did it. He started making the rounds, went on all the talk shows. We were trying to remember who they were in the mix with in 2018 whenever he did that. Because that Oklahoma-Georgia game, oh, gosh, don't bring it up. But because Oklahoma was fairly – was solidly in – who was it wasn't Ohio it was Ohio State, wasn't it? It was Ohio State in 2018. Notre Dame was in that mix too. That's right. And he went out and he got in. And they won a national championship. What about 2015? 14 season, 15 playoffs, first playoffs. Was that one of the all timers, Josh, whenever you look at better team versus most deserving? Because even in that – I think we could debate that TCU and Baylor that season were the most deserving, right? But Ohio State and its star power got in, and, my God, they took advantage of it and won a national title.
1: Yeah, they they definitely paid off the theory that if you put the quote-unquote best in, then, hey, that, that gives you the best playoff. I don't know. That's such a tough one, though, because – could you legitimately say Ohio State was the best right then? I mean it wound up wound up obviously that way. Right. But minus its starting quarterback, I mean, that was so hard to predict. And TCU and Baylor were both really good.
0: I still wish that I still wish I could have seen how different that could have been for both well, we, we know what was coming for Baylor, right? And that's tough to look back on. But I I still look back on those teams and wonder what would have happened if one of those teams would have got through. Could either one of those teams have done it if they got an opportunity? Because i got to be honest with you, Josh, there hasn't, outside of what Mike Griffin and Dog Nation wants to lose their minds about, I don't know if there's a team that I look back on and say, or maybe I'll throw it to you guys, if they just would have got in, I think they could have done some damage in the four-team playoff. Because it would usually be, right, a two-loss SEC or a two-loss Ohio State team. And let's remember some of that cachet grows a little bit more when you're like, well, look at what so-and-so has become in the NFL, right? <laughs> but no one would point out look what Cardell Jones has become since he went to the next level and he's had not been seen from since. Wait, does that make sense? Seen from? Heard from? Anyway, you get my point. I, there's not a lot of teams that I look at and I'm like. Damn, if they just would have got in, look out. But maybe TCU and Baylor, one of those two teams, back in that 15 playoff, could have been in.
1: Sure, maybe. And, and especially, I mean, it's just fueled to the fire because Ohio State did get in and they went and won it.
0: You want some text messages here on this, or do you want to move on?
1: No, let's hear. Uh, let's hear what the folks say.
0: 405-651-3439. Again, if you're just tuning in, uh, we got some draft recap coming up here in a bit at about uh, 15 past the hour. Look back on last night. I, I love, obviously, as a, as a guy who's covered a lot of Kansas State basketball or just Big 12 basketball, I guess. I love the Keontae Johnson acquisition for the Thunder. I think that's big. Didn't have our big trades last night, so we'll talk about it coming up in about 10 minutes from now. Also, we owe you some college baseball from last night. Great finish between LSU – And Wake Forest, one of the best baseball games, low-scoring baseball games I've ever seen. Uh, And then we got a big weekend coming up in recruiting, and we're an hour and seven minutes into the show, and we haven't talked recruiting yet. But I don't know. Parker's coming up at noon. I don't want to implode anything, but this might be a good Travis day. We might have to call and see if Travis can come on and give us the uh, recruiting scoop at the bottom of the hour. So that's all coming up. But uh, right now let's hit some text. Brazilian Sooner writes, I love and respect Coach Saban. But he is like many who complain when left out. Remember how Miami cried foul when they got left out in 2000? And while they were probably the most talented team, that year they lost to Washington. Losing matters. Losing, yeah, I mean, it's, in these conversations, losing matters. But now we've nuanced that. And I think understandably so, right? Well, who did you lose to? What was... uh? What were they like? What, How how difficult, how challenging was their schedule? I, I, I agree with Brazilian sooner, but I also feel like, Josh, even that, well, who did they lose to, I feel like that's become an even more nuanced conversation based on all our different statistical rankings.
1: Like I like I keep coming back to, it's – Go ahead. This is why we want the 12-team playoff, because it's going to be harder to feel bad for teams 13, 14, 15, 16. They're probably – Alabama, they, they might have been able to go win the thing last year. I, I still think that you wind up with Georgia, even if Alabama's in there, but you could at least entertain that argument. But all of that's, I think, gone going forward. We're not going to end up in a situation where we say, oh, man, that if we just put team number 16 in, they, they might have gone and won the thing.
0: Absolutely. What do you think of Dylan's point, Josh? He writes, out of Paul's Valley, I'm, by the way, side note, good to see we're starting to get things cleaned up there, Dylan. Looks like it's starting to get a little bit smoother. Looks like some of that construction is getting done. Anyway, Dylan writes, the biggest component is the only way to do best. You have to have most deserving for the integrity of college football. It's like Nick Saban saying, a little bit of losing doesn't matter, but it takes us back into that um, That's that kind of, I hate to use the term nuanced 8,000 times because I want to punch myself in the face the next time I say it, but that kind of little needling conversation that is, well, is it most valuable player or is it best player? It's like a conversation you should have on the Joe Rogan podcast or something after you're about, <laughs> I don't know, whatever Joe's smoking deep. Like is is it best or is it most deserving? And I think Dylan's right. It's it's got to be for the unless you're just going to say we're only going to take the SEC in the Big Ten, which is why I truly think you're going to see more at larges from the SEC because they're going to say, "Hey, listen, you got your conference champion, and be happy." I think you're going to hear and see a lot of that. But do you buy that it's as deep as Dylan just did for like the integrity of it? It's got to be most deserving over
1: best. I do think you run the risk of fracturing some of the television interest if last season Alabama gets in over TCU. Sure.
0: What do you think that outrage would have been? you think it would have been, uh, just get over it, be happy that you're in the conversation like they try to do with the UCFs and the, gosh, I'm old enough to remember fighting over Sean King's Tulane teams. I think there was a Byron left, which maybe it was uh maybe Chad Pennington's Marshall team. He had a Marshall team that ran this. Ah, just, hey, pipe down there, Purple. Be happy that you're even in this conversation. But in all seriousness, do you think it would have been a little bit more outrage if it was Alabama? Or do you think people I – mean, they probably would have went on and won the damn thing. So that would have shut us all up.
1: Well, and the fascinating part of all of that is, you know, we're saying TCU. TCU is the – the 3 seed. It was Ohio State that was the 4.
0: Hey, and, and th- here, here's another really good point and then we'll get a break and we'll we'll move on towards the draft from last night. 580, the most forgotten thing in all of this. Doesn't the fact that TCU beat Michigan counter that? Doesn't that still matter? Yeah, no, I I don't know if you understood understood this or caught this or not, but that game never happened, right? It didn't matter cuz Michigan was going to lose too. Even though Michigan beat the team that nearly beat the team. I, I just, I don't know why that's completely forgotten, but it is. And when it's brought up, it's always, Michigan wouldn't have been able to do anything to that Georgia team. It needed to be Alabama. It's like, what? Michigan beat the team that almost that almost knocked out Georgia. Who do you think? Okay, let, let me ask this one one more angle to this. And I was just thinking about it. Do you think Nick Saban's bigger complaint about being left out this year is with TCU's inclusion or Ohio State's inclusion? Because I think it might be Ohio State's.
1: You do? You, you think that uh, he feels Ohio State's schedule wasn't as as daunting as maybe it was yeah. rewarded to be?
0: Well, I mean, I mean, let's. Let's face it, the Big Ten schedule is not as daunting as some might make it out to be, especially when you're looking at what Ohio State had to deal with last year. I mean, you could easily, and I think every conference now that we've gotten to the numbers that we have in most power conferences, every league has a path to where it's a little bit easier. You're like, oh, okay. Now for Ohio State and Michigan, they're always going to play each other, but if you can go through a conference season where you don't see a – a Penn State, are you, and I know it's not the case with Ohio State, but I'm just saying in general, you could have a pretty smooth path. But I wonder, yeah, I wonder if part of that frustration for Nick Saban wasn't necessarily with a conference champion, but it was more with, hey, look, this team that you guys let in, they were pretty farce too in Ohio State, even though they almost beat Georgia. I don't know. But there could be several prongs to it. I'm just, I'm just intrigued to what – it's going to look like in a couple of years whenever we get to that expanded playoff, man, and how different it's going to be. All right, anything else you want to add to this conversation before I move on? There's good text. We'll revisit it coming up in just a bit. But anything else to add, Josh?
1: I would say that Saban's comments were to both TCU and Ohio State because Ohio State beat uh, beat a good Notre Dame team in the non-conference portion of the schedule. And, yeah, they lose the one game to, to Michigan. They're not a conference champion. TCU loses the one game to Kansas State. They're not a conference champion, so I think it. Uh, I think it was directed to both.
0: Josh, I think I have found the perfect old man soulmate on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line for me. I've been I've been looking for one, right? Trying to find one, but I think I I think I found it. I think I found it, my man. I love this anger. And we'll get to it next. let us I'll just read the first, or at least a a portion of the first sentence. You ready? Your conversation about... I'm not making a voice here. I apologize. Your conversation about the college football playoffs is why I hate that OU is going to the SEC. I feel like one of those Fox Sports promos right now. To find out what Chris and Josh are going to talk about, I want to get... I'm intrigued. You... You had me at the logo, Mr. 405. We'll get to the rest of that text next right here on The Ref. Oh, okay. I, I'm glad I checked my favorites. Josh, I have a stat for you, or at least a number for you, as we welcome you back into the Plank Show. Uh, we're on the road to Riverwind Casino. You always know where the biggest concerts and biggest events are taking place. It's out here at Riverwind. I always love how my direction's involved. Just down the street from my house, come on over. Concerts, comedies, you name it, they've got it. In fact, uh, right now, if you go to their website, Riverwind.com, there is information on the upcoming events. Sorry if you're trying to get to Earth, Wind, and Fire in the Showplace Theater. Sold out, Josh Helmer. Sold out. Mark Chestnut's coming up July 8th. Collective Soul on the 21st. Josh Turner on the 28th. Counting Crows on August 25th. I wish I could be here on the tw- I want to be here on the 25th. But I think my class reunion is that weekend too. But that'd be fitting, right? Going to a class reunion for a graduating class from the '90s and having some '90s counting scrows going into your weekend. I should just bring everyone down here to Oklahoma. Anyway, I think that's Riverwind.com. Check terrific it out. idea. I I literally have no friends, no friends from my high school class that I'm looking forward to seeing. All right, um. This is from the 405, and I truly don't know how to feel about this. You ready? You ready, though? You ready to hit this one that's left over from last segment? All right. We've had a long conversation today about Nick Saban's comments from earlier this week. Went a little bit more in depth, a little deeper. Talked better versus most deserving. Went through some historical fights. And our man from the 405, or ma'am, writes this. You guys' conversation about the college football playoffs is why I hate that OU is going to the SEC. Because PR is more important than anything else. You guys are already putting four or five SEC teams in the playoffs for a reason, or for a season, that's not even started yet, and you're not alone. Sports should be about what happens on the field in season alone. Everyone would be better served if rankings didn't start until October. So we knew when someone won a meaningful game, rather than LSU beating number four A&M in week two, then the Aggies eventually end up four and eight on the year and actually suck. But open the season as one of the nine SEC teams ranked in the top 15. Okay. Can I I look at this from like a heel perspective and not being negative towards the text her by any stretch of the imagination can i be a little be a little bad guy on this one yeah you're right and guess what we don't have to fight that pr fight anymore so you, you ever see that meme of the popeyes worker josh that's sitting on the bench and he's got a cigarette in one hand and his head is in his hands as he's just exhausted bro that's been us on sports radio on social media y'all on message boards podcast fighting that fight for Oklahoma being deserving of opportunities when they were in the Big 12. Fighting, man, fighting. Don't fight that fight no more. You good in this conference? You play well in this conference? You're no longer that exhausted dude sitting on the corner where your fingers hurt from typing so much or your, your ears numb from waiting on hold or your voice is cracking from yelling and screaming. Josh, that's one of the great things about this move. The texture is right. That texture is right. But we don't have to worry, and it's not all PR. But the PR, the from the PR perspective of it, they're pretty damn good, right? If they've had a pretty good PR department, and guess who's been the CEO of that PR department? A little thing called winning championships. Yeah, Greg he's really good. He's the man. But titles, the best players, the best teams it makes all the difference in the world. So you're right, but. We don't have to fight that fight no more. I, <laughs> the, the Chappelle show bit where the woman uh, has the cash and she's fanning her face and she's laughing about poor people. You know, it's kind of it's how you feel. You know, you're you're going into a deluxe apartment in the sky. We're taking this to the next level, baby, and you don't have to worry about that anymore. If you're good. You don't have to defend it against anyone, not because it's a PR machine, but Josh, because you're playing the best teams in college football, and you're, if not beating them, you're playing them to a position where people are like, "Damn, that's still a really good football team," and on a neutral site, they might be better. So, I'm not saying that I disagree with them by any stretch of the imagination on that front, but I'm also saying, hey, I'm, I'm happy to be in a world that will benefit from it
1: and my thing was a team like Alabama's getting in. So that debate we, we don't have to worry about it. Alabama under the 12 team format, last year's Alabama teams getting in. And so everything that Nick right. Saban's worried about going forward, he he won't need to worry about. Are we rewarding best versus most deserving? Best is going to as you move down the line. Yep. Best is going to get you know, 1 through 4, I think it's hard to always reward maybe best versus deserving when it's, well, are they best? They lost a couple of games. It's easier to say, okay, no, we still think this is one of the best 12 teams once you get further down that ladder.
0: I am um, on the serious side of it, on the non heel side of it. I will say I, I don't think – that it's because the SEC has the loudest voices. I really don't. I mean, it's. I used to think a lot of this was cyclical, but this domination and it not just always being Alabama has made it a little bit difficult to fight that fight anymore when it comes to the, the, the power structure of college football. But I don't think many people were getting too carried away about Alabama's win over Texas A&M. I, I, under, I get your point. Or LSU, I guess, beating Texas A&M. I, I understand what you're saying because at that time it looks like a big game. Hey, man, I'll, I'll give you another great example of that. I'm, I'm glad you – well, they beat – Florida State in 2011 ended up being not a very good football team. And this has always been a fight for me. Maybe I'm kind of contradicting myself here a little bit, too, to that previous text. And I would fight with Jay Cronley about this all the time, RIP. I would contend – that a majority of the best college football teams in 2011, and off the top of my head, I don't, I don't even remember who won the title. I think Bama won the title, didn't they? But in 2011, in that season, there's not many teams that would have gone into that setting and come away with a win against that Florida State team. That's one of the that's one of the better road wins that I've seen. But because you know, Oklahoma didn't end up having the season, they were what, number one at that point that, that we all thought they, they could and should – and, and Florida State kind of tanked that year, we all look at that and say, oh, well, that wasn't a very good win by how it played out. But I'm always conflicted because, by God, in that moment, in that setting, with that team that Florida State did have at that time. now E.J. Manuel got hurt during that game. But I don't I don't know. That's always been a tough one for me whenever you're like, ah. Every, they were number four in week four, and then they ended up sucking. But yeah, man, on that night, I guess that falls into that kind of strength of schedule conversation too but it's just when you bring that up it reminds me that's always been one of my fights to people that are like yeah it's not that big of a deal that wasn't that big of a game well hell let me tell you something man if oklahoma would have been fighting for a postseason spot in 2011 i would have been sh- screaming from the rooftops about how incredible that win was despite how the season played out does that make sense
1: well, It was a, a top five game the doke was rocking in in that moment it was a massive win. A- absolutely. Leading up to it, coming out of it, trying to fight to, to go lock the thing down, it was a gigantic win in the moment.
0: I I not, but but I'm not disagreeing with the context of the man's text. I'm not at all. I'm not you know, I'm I'm an old man now. I've got to accept. this has been a hard thing for me to accept and you know, I see people that kind of when they kind of think about a way that I've thought about it's like, dang, man, we used to fight about being the team that belonged. We ha, don't have to fight about that anymore because you, you're coming out of the SEC. Uh, had a follow-up. He said, I'm just old enough to prefer to get what I thought I earned than get what I know I didn't because we played against Alabama. I think you would be in the uh, minority on that. <laughs> I think a lot of people would be like, no, no, we'll take it. I, I, a couple of other ones here. Well, I don't want to obsess on It's it.
1: worth pointing out, though, too, college football is going to be – it's its shifting. It's changing. So this this idea of what you've earned or deserved, yes, by inclusion in the SEC will be different for Oklahoma than it will be for other teams around the country that don't play in the nation's best conference. I mean, that's – to uh, – the spoils go to those that challenge themselves the most, and Oklahoma will be challenging themselves the most. And they shouldn't be punished because they play a more difficult schedule in every single instance than than other programs nationally. And that's just the reality of the situation when you get into those final at-large conversations. Yes, it, it, sh- it could and should benefit Oklahoma that they play in the SEC. They're still going to have to earn their way in. Plank, they can't go lose five games and get into the 12-team playoff. They can't probably go lose four games and get into the 12-team playoff. They they might occasionally be able to lose three games and get in. And there's probably an instance or two when that day arrives where, yeah, th- there's a strong argument that they deserve inclusion in the 12-team model.
0: Ding, ding, ding. All right, one more quick one here, and then we'll move on uh, for the nine one eight. one Saban will complain about not having a bye the first week of the playoffs. I don't know. You guys let us in here as the 11th seed, and um, I know we lost four games this year, but we've earned that right to play at home. And you know what's funny? is there'd people... You know what? He's right. He's right. You'll always have someone to defend you on that front. Uh, this, uh, one more quick one for the 918. So how much more money is OU going to get from the SEC versus the Big 12? I'm asking because I know travel is going to be a lot more expensive since we're going further away, I'm just curious what the bottom line difference is going to be. Well, I, I mean, to be honest, I can't tell you what the bottom line difference is going to be. Um, I, I could go, I could get Stats Kelly probably. What are you doing today, Stats? I'm sure he could dig into some math for us and be like, hey, Oklahoma, when USA Today released its, you know, budgetary, uh, most profitable football programs, you can look back on that and maybe compare and contrast. With the projection of future numbers, but I—I I mean, I don't know. That's a great question, as far as what's going out the door. I would—I would just assume, Josh, based on the numbers that are thrown around, it's a fairly—it's a fairly substantial difference. I mean, the SEC payout per school in 2022 was 49.9 million, and I think the Big 12s was what about? 30 30 million, and during that run in 2022. So I just, yeah, here's the Big 12. Oh, I'm sorry. I was a little off. Uh, The per school for the Big 12 was 42 mil, which was approximate payoff. So you're getting like, what, 10 mil more? Uh, Pretty substantial. But that number grows even more now with their new TV deal. That was just looking back on 2022.
1: The gap between. SEC and Big Ten payouts and everybody else's payouts are about to be radically, radically different.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm just going back on 22. That's still wild to me. 49.9 million per school, 58.8 million per school, a number that... Um, I mean, and I guess this this is they had a little caveat to this when I was looking at the 2022 numbers, Nebraska, Maryland and Rutgers received less due to Big Ten Network earnings that predated the school's entrance to the league. Seems like a little bit of an accounting issue. (laughs) Like, I mean, they didn't join the league last year. What are we doing right now, Big Ten? Just, I guess, the difference in their deal. All right, quick break. 1033, text line has been hopping today. We've been talking all things college football. But we we owe you a little bit of draft talk. And I asked, hey, how was the draft coverage? What caught your eye? What really stood out? Got some good reactions that we'll get to next. Plus, what did the Thunder actually get? And what did the draft say about Big 12 basketball? It's all coming up right here on the Home of Sooner Fan. (laughs) Welcome back into the Plank Show. I was, if you were there, I was in my own world. I'm sorry. My guy was here, and I was like literally sitting here just yapping with Josh the whole commercial break. Because during the break is are I mean, do you want to like, – let's pay off the tees first. Let's pay off the tees first because uh, obviously our NBA talk is hopping off the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. NBA talk, time to change the station. Okay. <laughs> if it wasn't the NBA draft from last night, then I would completely understand. But you, you're telling me, Josh Helmer – that is somebody who didn't really watch until the sound on very, very late in the draft. That it wasn't as cringe as it seemed watching without the sound, right?
1: I don't know. There was a pretty – I didn't get to watch as much as I would have liked to last night until maybe the okay. back half of the first round. Uh... Do
0: you know what? I think I don't think you're alone. I kind of – and I, again, very dialed in on college baseball last night. But it didn't really seem to have most of the oomph outside of what I texted you, which was there's still this faction of people that either, A, cover the Thunder or something of that nature to where, well, I don't know about you, but this guy had number one on my board. I mean, I have had him over Wim Benyana and I really think that he's going to end up being an absolute stud from day one for this team. But I do. I mean, I also do think, Josh, that they did have a very good draft last night. But, I don't think you were alone, man. I don't. They're just outside of obviously in in our area the OKC fan base. I just felt like nationally it was very, it was it was pretty focused on just the
1: NBA guys last night that seemed to be talking about it. Well, here's what I caught: was Jay Billis trying to make a joke about well everybody here is still on their family plan, uh, on their their cell phone family plan, and the the whole dais was like, is that right? It was super awkward. Uh, and who is the other who is the other woman that's uh working with Malika Andrews and Reddick and Billis? I, that, Monica Min, and Monica McNutt is No, that, she was doing the
0: interviews right
1: well yeah no there was somebody else that's correct there was somebody else okay. up on the dais with him that i guess it's been going viral today where she uh said something to JJ Reddick about he, him being an average shooter
0: uh huh well, JJ Reddick was not an average shooter.
1: Yeah, it, but just, it just here's the one
0: complaint. The one complaint that I had, I just and this is coverage related, and we'll get to the Thunder players in a second. And I'm watching this. Like nobody complains more about the talent in college basketball and how unwatchable it is than JJ Reddick. Like openly admits that he doesn't consume the college game, but yet now suddenly he's up there and he's the go-to guy. I don't know. Did they have two different desks on ABC and ESPN? Because if they did, I, I missed out. I think I missed out. Those those couch interviews look so awkward, and I'm a. Fr- I am I can not even go back and listen to them. I also, again, two other complaints. You almost have to stay off Twitter. You really do. I don't. I don't know how this happens, but there was one point where in the second round. I mean, the second round was done, and Twitter had it before. <laughs> like the fourth pick was announced, but you were at one point, I want to say like a good almost three to four picks ahead of what was going on on TV last night. So I don't, I don't know why the need was there to really kind of slow the, (laughs) I don't know if they felt like they had a pitcher that was dealing and they needed to slow the game down a little bit, Josh, but it just seemed that everything kind of dragged while if you were up with Twitter, I mean, and again, right, right for me, that's a good point. I watch on an app, so it's a little bit delayed to begin with. Right. But still, still, it's like, are, is this for real? Are we really this far ahead? So that, and then of course the hats. The guy, listen, you're a Thunder now. You can wear your hat. Let's go. This is ridiculous. Those were my two kind of constant complaints I always have about the world of the NBA draft.
1: It felt like the longest first round I can remember. And I'm sure that maybe we said the exact yeah. same thing a year ago, but uh, boy, they were really taking their their dear sweet time with each pick
0: yeah they were thunder ended up getting um, a little bit more athleticism as and, and they they make a move to do so now remember this is the last draft until 2029 that oklahoma city at least for now has only one first round pick and they sat with the 12th and the 50th pick in today's draft but it <laughs> I get the salary dump trade that took place, but it was still so weird to see the Thunder move up two slots and pick up a guy that I think, I, I don't know, if, if they keep him, I think he might help them in an actual need. I felt like they needed to get some more size and some more rebounding, but they went with another uh, Sam Presti-type pick in Kaysen Wallace, a six foot four point guard, a really good defender, probably is – you know, Rick Kamla has told me many times you're getting a rotational player in this draft. This is a draft where you're getting a guy who is going to be a part of your rotation. And I don't know if this—I don't know if this spells the end for Lou Dort. I, I, I don't know if you have the numbers on your roster to where you know you can have both of them on the roster. Maybe it's a little bit more of an athletic. Maybe it's an upgrade over Dort. I don't know. But that seemed to be some of the instant reaction. But I really like the pick. You know, I'm not trying to sit here and say, I had him in my top five. But I really like this pick, Josh, because it fits so much in what Oklahoma City has always seemed to go with uh, around this spot in the draft. And they didn't have to give up hardly. They didn't give up anything. They took on a salary to move up two spots in the draft.
1: Right. And, and if this is who Oklahoma City really, really wanted in that range, then mission accomplished. They they did what they had to do to get up a couple of spots and, and go get Case and Wallace. It's not the. what you make of the, the Keontae jo- it's oh, not it's not the spot up shooter that thunder fans i feel like for years and years and years have been uh, have been pining for it doesn't address uh, maybe some immediate needs in the front court so there's reasons to be you know uh, there's reasons to be less than thrilled about it it's it's the prototypical sam presty pick okay shooter not a great shooter great athleticism can really really guard right mm mm-hmm. mhm it's almost as if you just
0: laid out the blueprint slash scouting report for what seemed to be the last, like, five picks the Thunder have made in the first round outside of Chet Holmgren. What did you think of the Keontae Johnson pick? I liked that a lot. If his, if he's where the doctors are comfortable enough in clearing him and it appears they are, I really, I really like this dude's game a lot.
1: Well, you got him so late in the draft that, yeah, I mean, why not take a chance?
0: I like him a lot. Anything else from last night? There wasn't our massive move that we thought would end up taking place. Uh, to the shock of everyone, Victor Wimbignano went first overall. Oh, dude, I love Marty Smith, but I thought, and trust me, I know Corny. I thought that bit they did. I just saw it while it was happening. The bit they did where they went to San Antonio, and he's in blue jean shorts, and he's got a wimbignana haircut. Uh what did he say? It's no longer San Antonio. It's Wimb- Wimbantonio. I mean, like, I think we could have workshopped that a little bit more. <laughs> but was there anything else that really kind of caught your eye last night? Uh,
1: I definitely missed that, but I did see everybody talking about it. So oh. it, was, it was pretty cringeworthy.
0: Uh, well, for me, that that kind of stuff, I'm always like, oh. oh. You want to you do a draft grade here real quick? because I know I usually um, I usually push back on drafts grades, but according to ESPN.com, the Thunder end up with a B plus last night, a B plus. Thunder moved up two spots. It'll be interesting to see how Wallace case and Wallace fits in. In a backcourt that already includes recent lottery picks, Josh Giddy and Jalen Williams, plus Lou Dort. Second round pick, Keontae Johnson at 23, is older than eight of his OKC teammates, including uh, Pokashevsky. <laughs> Ke- Keontae Johnson comes in at 23, and he's older than eight of his teammates. Fantastic. B. And a final thought on the draft from last night in our one 10-minute draft segment on the day, Josh. Does that seem like a good grade on the Thunders' performance last night to you?
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess. You know, I I, I don't know. We're, we're going to find out. Uh, seems like could be a good pick. I, I don't know if I would go as high as B+. Plus. Honestly, I'm probably more in the B-type range. I don't think it was a bad pick, but... I didn't think it was a, a slam dunk pick either, but that's probably about what you're going to wind up with at that range at number twelve when you trade up a couple of spots to ten.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right, we um, did. Everybody get that EAS alert? Did that take over the station whenever it popped up? Yeah. Okay. Do Do you have the details of it right there in front of you? Because this is in the Norman area right I, now, correct?
1: I cleared it off my phone. I'm sorry. I, 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 my- I had it, but I, I I didn't I didn't keep it.
0: Yeah, well, I I know like in two seconds from now it will absolutely pop back up again, but uh, we'll get the details of that coming up next. And this is – well, I'm not going to go to break. I mean, I'm sure someone's got it on Twitter right now. I'm sure News 9 or somebody has it. It's just right as I went to go read it, it absolutely positively went vamoose. It disappeared. All right, here we go. Endangered missing advisory has been issued for a 20-year-old – And a six-week-old last seen in the Norman area. Uh, Here, i got the more details of it. That's not the best explanation of it. But I hate being an old man, and you have to do things like, all right, all right, where is my reading glasses so I can be able to see this thing right now? Because the thing that they posted online, you got to zoom in on it just a bit here. Yeah, this this is a little bit concerning. We'll have more details on it, but it's in the Norman area. They had, what, a white truck? Is that what they said to be on the lookout for? The News 9 thing gives you absolutely positively zero information on this. Are you having any luck finding anything?
1: Um, somebody sent this on the text line. There you go. Layla Newman, white female, date of birth, uh, seven twenty four 2002 wearing a white and tan T-shirt tan and white shorts white crocs uh took her six week old daughter that's uh via the text line
0: okay so keep an eye out white and tan t-shirt tan and white shorts wearing crocs um, she is a nine-year-old mentality is how it's described and she just took her six-week-old daughter thank you so much for sending that i literally if if I touch one thing on my phone when it goes off, Josh, everything disappears. All right. If we didn't get it, there it is. If you're in the Norman area, be on the lookout. Obviously, a high alert situation. We'll keep you updated. All right. Now, now I feel comfortable that eyes are dotted and T's are crossed. Going to a break. It's blank show right here on the ref. All right. Welcome back to the show. Um, listen, we got a few minutes before the top of the hour. Uh, Colin joins us from outside of River. And, oh, I'm sorry. You can't. You can't hear the magic of "Come as You Are." It. Oh gosh, that's no fun. <laughs> um, it's just Josh's re, rejoin okay. music. It's my favorite. <laughs> How's things going, dude? You guys are busy as always, but it's an exciting day because concerts are back tonight. Yep, first concert back. We're super excited. Earth, Wind, and Fire here tonight. Sold out. But there's also well. First of all, how excited are you whenever a show sells out? What's that I'm
2: moment super like? Super excited, especially since this is the first one in three years. So. i'm over the moon right now okay well take us through then first time in three years what are any different or just the uh
0: the the grand theater like we remember it
2: i'm just like you remembered it so everything's exactly the same still same great setup that everybody loves um just big bands great mix
0: of of music and comedy this summer i guess i can say Uh, i was scrolling through and it looks like some of the some of the concerts are selling out quick so don't wait around. Don't wait till the last minute. County Crows coming up August 25th. You need to get your tickets now, right? Because, yep. as, as you've talked about, Colin, there's going to be great entertainment rolling in here. And you don't want to miss out on these
2: types and of shows. And that one's also Beats and Bites weekend. So you can get oh. two shows in one weekend.
0: So, uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire tonight. What else is coming up? What's so, you... Earth,
2: Wind, and Fire, we've got Collective Soul coming up. we got Josh Turner, Gabriel Iglesias, uh, Foreigner, Ario Speedwagon, Rodney Carrington. Um, all kinds of good stuff, and even more coming soon.
0: When, when's the next big announcement you're planning here? I know, I know
2: you're in negotiations. You're working I've hard. i been in aren't negotiations. But I've got a few approved over the last week. Nice. So very, very soon there will be some announcements. Hey, and and I'll, we'll get asked about this, and I always forget
0: to bring it up with you, but we got the new smoke-free zone. We too, do that. You guys have. Yep, the Oasis.
2: About. Um, just opened up about a month or so ago. Um, it is a smoke-free zone. It's where our old High Limits used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so that whole area is now smoke-free. And then we have a new um, High Limits area that just opened up this last week, which is um, in our smoking area. But um, we are pretty much fully open now. Tickets available at
0: Riverwind.com, but they can easily come by the box office too. It's yes, that simple. Yes, you can simple? come by the
2: box office and get them, Riverwind.com. You can call the box office and do it over the phone. Um, all kinds of ways you can do it.
0: lots of options let's go
2: concerts are back Congrats buddy. thank you for your help today yeah, you're too. Welcome. i'm the worst person in the world <laughs> all right
0: we'll take a timeout when we come back we owe you the top five story thanks buddy good stuff man we owe you the top five stories of the day we owe you uh much more from the text line which has been straight gas today i almost feel like i get so excited for the text line and then i never get to it so what do you say we cook through the top five stories of the day josh And spend the final 30 minutes of the show with some of the takes on the different topics we've thrown out. I love it. Most deserving versus best, SEC or not. And I got updated projections financially that you'll want to hear next right here on The Ref.